Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Is This Making Sense? Dialogues in the Pursuit of Wisdom, Ballots, Leadership, and Everything in Between. My name is Eric Johnson, and I'm here with Seth Gray, and today we will talk about learning the importance of saying no. And what we mean by that is one of my favorite quotes that I learned probably three or four years ago now, and I, and I never heard before, it, it says this, most opportunities are distractions in disguise. And I'll say that again. Most opportunities are distractions in disguise. Every single day, you've got a hundred different things coming at you to choose from. And if you don't know the direction you're going, you will likely say yes to something that's going to take you on a path that you would would have not preferred. And maybe something simple. So it could be something is just a little bit of a waste of time, or it could put you in a totally different trajectory for your life. So we want to talk today about how important it is to know where you're going and how to say no to those things that might take you off that course. Seth Godin, uh, the famous marketer, publisher, just creative uh, guy out there, he he said this, uh, that when he was doing an internship earlier, earlier on in his career, I think he was still in college and he was just doing a summer internship, He first thing he walked away with from that internship was that for the rest of his life, his job really is just about making decisions. And if he can learn how to make good decisions, then he'll be successful. And I'll never forget reading that in his book. I think it was like Purple Cow or something like that. And a lot of times in my eagerness to be successful and my desire to take advantage of the opportunities before me, I say yes to everything because I feel like if I say no, I'm missing out and I'm making a bad decision because bad to me for a long time was no. And I, I, I wanted, you know, every opportunity that was being thrown my way, I'd say yes. And it was really, that's a bad mindset. It's a bad way to view everything. Yeah. Because your time is so limited. Your resources are so limited. Your skill and what you care about is actually really limited. Yeah. And we'll only be successful at the things we really care about. You're exactly right. I will say a slight disclaimer is when you are, when you're young and you've just got out of, out of college or you're young, it really is important to say yes to almost everything at that point because you just need to get your foot in the door. You need to get your ears wet and some experience. So I will say that. But yeah, as you get older, your time is your most valuable commodity and what you're spending your time on is incredibly important. And so the, the more specific you are with the direction you're going, the better you're going to spend your time. Um, uh, maybe I'll get into it right now. So where this really crystallized for me to use a word that we often repeat here, um, it was a, a, a course that my church offered called unique and then unique is, is a lot of things and it's wonderful. And basically it's another one of these ways that you can take stock of a personal inventory of who you are and how you're made. And in this way, it, it's a Christian or a Christian program. It's, it's kind of like how God has, has designed you to live. And so that was where I first heard that quote. And when you go through the first journey of unique, uh, at the end of it, you kind of have, you have some personal core values and you have what they call your one thing, which is two words. And so at the end of it, spoiler alert, uh, long story short, my two words, the one thing, you know, the Eric Johnson exists to do this. I, I exist to encourage intentionality. And it took a lot of, of, of digging and, and, and personal inventory to get to that place to, to understand that the thing that I'm best at and the thing that brings me the most life is encouraging intentionality. And so when Seth and I were thinking about doing this podcast, uh, when he said, Hey, what if we did a podcast? I ran, I ran this decision through this, through the lens of, will this be a, well, this is going to be a lot of time and effort and money. Uh, is this a good decision? Well, what, what is our content going to be? 
Well, it's going to be about, for me, encouraging people to live an intentional life. So it made sense for me to do this podcast because this is what my life call is. Because yeah, this, this obviously it takes more than the 22 minutes that you're hearing it to do. And so uh, I wanted to make sure that this decision would be a wise one. So my, my life call basically is this. It's unique is a wonderful thing. And I think at some point I want to have my buddy Caleb come on here because he's a, he, he's a, a trainer or whatever you call it in the, in the course. And so he can tell us more about it. But my life call is Eric Johnson exists to leverage my influence to encourage others in their journey to intentional living. That's what I want to do with all of my being. It's what I want to do with my wife. It's what I want to do with my kids, my family, my friends, strangers, every opportunity I have to make, to get people to take, uh, take a step back and to look at things and, and take an intentional step forward. That is what I want to do. That is amazing. And that only happened because you took a lot of time. Oh yeah. It, it didn't happen that overnight. A, that was a 13 week course. 13 weeks. That was 13 weeks. That you just did something that focused on really getting to the core of who you are. And it, it kind of feels vain, honestly, at first, because you're just learning about yourself, taking strength finders and all these inventories. And it's like me, 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 me. But honestly, it was wonderful. And as a result, I can be so other folk, others focused now because I've got myself, I wouldn't say figured out, but I'm at a much deeper understanding of how I'm wired, how God is, what God has made me and called me to be. So when I hear that, I hear that the reason I say no to things is because I'm afraid to limit myself. I'm afraid to limit myself because I don't know myself, if that makes sense. You know, we say yes, 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 right out of college to everything because, hey, you want to get your feet wet. And I totally agree with that. But eventually, you've got to really know who you are and really know what your gifts and strengths and passions are. Um, and I would say the reason I struggle with saying no is because maybe I don't know what my passion is. And it's, it's kind of like a, a squirrel. It's just kind of like you quickly get distracted by everything that drives by and everything that moves. So therefore you say yes to everything. Yeah. Uh, that, you- that is something that I, that's a key point. I think we just can't quickly move past. You got to that core value, that core, uh, statement for you, who you are, your, your life's calling because you really took a long time to really figure it out and, and wade through a lot of things. I did work. It was literally work to get there. And, and you are very talented in a lot of different areas and you could quickly get distracted by a lot of different things. Yeah. I'll say this, um, you know, before I was in the role I'm at, at, at the organization where I'm at now, where I'm kind of using my gifts and my strengths in a, a, a more intentional way, I, w- I was a videographer. And I had a really cool job where I got to, to operate really high dollar, cool equipment all around the world. It was really, really, really cool. And at, at face value, it seemed like who would not want to do that? But when I'm doing this work and I'm, I'm spending all these hours doing it and this, that, and the other, and I'm working with other people who really, really love doing it. Uh, a, a guy named Gary Longenecker that I've mentioned on here before, he is a gifted He's a passionate and gifted uh, filmmaker and he loves it. And so all day when we're shooting, he's just waiting to, to shoot the next shot and the next shot. And I'm thinking, is it almost time to be done yet? Because it was not my life's call. Like you said, I, I, I can do a lot of things. I have a good eye and I've got taste and I'm technical so I can, I can shoot video, but I'm not passionate about it. And I really had to take a step back and think, is this what I want to be doing with my life? Even though it's really, really cool, really cool. I visited like five continents. I've been to like 25 countries. It was awesome. 
But I still, at the end of the day, was like, man, I'm not sure this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It reminds me of this episode I saw uh, with Jerry Seinfeld about uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. And he's sitting there and they're driving, excuse me. And uh, Jerry Seinfeld is interviewing Seth Rogen. And uh, Seth Rogen is telling him how he started stand-up comedy at the age of 13 and how he went from 13 to like 18 years old just doing comedy uh, whenever his parents would let him get out of the house and do it at nights during school week, uh, during the school week and everything at 13. And he was real passionate about it. And Jerry goes, well, what made you stop doing it? And he said, well, I came out to California finally, and I was around people who really wanted it and were really good at it. And it was what they wanted to pursue for the rest of their life. And when I was around somebody who really wanted it, I realized I didn't want to do it. And I, I heard that. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that that's so that's such a good truth in there is that if you if there's something that you think you want. Put yourself around people who really want it, and that will help you figure out if that's something you want to pursue for a long time. Um, my wife, she told she told me the story about how growing up she was an athlete. She played all kinds of sports, but basketball was her thing. Um, and so she, at her, I believe it was her sophomore, junior year of high school, she goes to the Tennessee women's basketball camp. It's a week-long basketball camp for girls. And she got there and they paid basketball day and night. And she walked away from that camp better as a basketball player, but quickly and clearly knew basketball was not going to be her life. So she did not pursue a big school with a big basketball program. She wanted to play basketball, but she wanted to do it at a much smaller school because she knew this wasn't what she wanted for the rest of her life or even really wanted to control her life for four years. What, what made her come to that place that, that there were other girls there that wanted it even more. And she was like, I love it. I love doing this, but I don't want it that much. Mm -hmm. So she put herself around people that really wanted something. And, and I think that's, it's an important thing of when you have a lot of gifts and talents and abilities, and you're not sure what to do, well, put yourself around people who really want to pursue one thing. And that'll help you figure out if, if this is really who you are and your passion. I would say this, it's as simple as you don't go to the grocery store without a list. If you go to the grocery store without a list, you buy a bunch of stuff and you get home and you have, you don't even have all the components to make one meal because it was just totally random. Why would you live your life any different? I think every human needs a personal mission statement so that you know the direction you're going. So when opportunities arise, may they be really good ones and seemingly really lucrative ones, you have something to measure it against. That's a challenge for me. I'm going to tell you right now that that is a challenge for me, even as I'm sitting here and I've, I've got 11 years at one organization and then about four or five years doing some other work. That is, that is something I will admit right now I struggle with to say, I know how to say no to things because I know what I'm supposed to do. That's interesting. Well, that's a good admission. That's a, that's the first step. So one thing I'll just tell you right now, I, um, my kids go to a, um, a private school and they, I was asked to serve on the board of that school and I should have said no. I should have said no because the men and women that are on that board are excellent and they do a great job and they put their whole heart into it. And I feel like I'm doing the school a disservice because the people that are on their board are very passionate and they're doing it with everything they can. And I look around with them and I, I just, I feel like, man, I should have said no because someone else with more passion, with better expertise that would commit more time 
could have served on here and 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 probably done a better job and done a better job oh i feel like i was the worst yeah. board member in the history of this school um and when you feel that way you're not enjoying it so no. it's like you're spending all this time and effort on something that maybe you're wishing you weren't doing well it, it, for for me it was that I I looked around and the people in the on the board do a great job and they're passionate about it and I felt like I was just serving to serve and not you know giving like they were giving. I think about the story you shared about uh Seth Rogan like he he's a really funny guy. He probably could have made it as a stand-up comedian. He probably would not have been an Eddie Murphy or a Jerry Seinfeld or those those top tiers, but instead he found what he was better at, which was screenwriting, and he does he does masterpieces. And so, he, well, arguably, man, it depends on what you what you care for. But he's you know he's a very very successful filmmaker, way more so than he would have been as a stand-up. So he found his thing. He found his thing. And also think about when, like I shared earlier, when when I was you know filmmaking and whatnot. I felt really guilty because I was like, man, there are people that would give both of their arms to have this job and they would do a great job. Not that I'm doing a bad job, but they could do it much better and they would be so thrilled and passionate about it. And I just feel like I was robbing somebody else of this experience. You've got to develop the discipline to say no. You've got to develop the discipline of creating boundaries. You've got to develop the the discipline of knowing who you are and what your gifts and talents and strengths and abilities are. Um, Hannah read a book a long time ago by uh, Dr. Henry Cloud and John Townsend called Boundaries, and it it revolutionized her world because she learned how to set boundaries. She's a driver. She is a go-getter. She will knock things out. But eventually, she's going to run out of energy. She's going to run out of time. She's going to run out of resources. So she, when she developed the dis- discipline of of having boundaries in her life, it it transformed her. And I haven't um, developed the skill set yet as as she has. But that's one thing that I'm pursuing is this this idea of really knowing what it is that you're called to. Because there could be an opportunity that comes in front of you, whether it's to invest in something or to start something. And you've got to learn how to say no. You've got to learn how to set boundaries. One of my favorite exercises and unique, one of the things that you do early on is they tell you, you need to text 12 people, four people you work with, four people, uh, four people in your family and four just friends or whatever else. And you need to ask them in three words, tell me what I'm most passionate about, or I forget what the exact question is, but something like that. And you would not believe how, how many of the answers are similar and almost from all those 12 people, almost all of them use the word intentional with me. And I, if you would have asked me to do the same, same three things, same uh, three words for myself, I would not have said intentional because I didn't, I don't see myself like others do. And it was so interesting. So I'm thinking like for you, if you were to do that same exercise, you would, you would hear servant or helping. There's no doubt about it. And so, okay, one, so let's, let's, let's pause for a second. Redo that. Cause I want us to actively put this out there. I'm going to do this. So tell it to I me need again. To, I need to get the actual question. I don't have it in front of me. Well, on a post on we'll, Facebook we'll share, or yeah. Instagram, share the actual steps because I'm going to do this. And and you'll get back great info. And it's, it's interesting what, so one of my friends, Derek, he sent back, uh, one of the words he said was intentional, but the other one was ref- reformer. And I thought so hard because Derek is a very wise man. And he said reformer. And I just thought more and more about that. And, and, and I was like, what does that really mean? And it's that I am not. Um, capable of seeing somebody in a place where I know they could be better with not wanting to challenge it. Like whoever it is, 
I just think, oh, that could be better. I want to, I want to call them into something more. I want to reform them. And it's that, again, that intentionality of reformation for somebody to seeing where they could grow or where they, where it could be better. What's so funny is that as I look back now of all of our podcasts we've recorded and all the conversations we've had and all the work we've done, you have been so intentional about encouraging me and you've been intentional about, um, of, making sure the things that I've struggled with that I'll push through and get better at. Yeah. That that is that is something that you've been it's just who you are. It's a natural Here's the extension. Thing. I have not felt like you have forced a word of encouragement on me. Here's the thing. Thank you for saying that, Seth. Um here's the thing. When you're when you're doing what you're called to do or what you're wired to do, it comes naturally. I don't have to work to be intentional. I don't have to fight to send a thank you card. I, it's not awkward for me to look you in the eye and tell you that you're a servant at heart and I really appreciate and admire you. That's just how I'm wired. Same thing for you. It is very, very easy for you to see the 13 ways that you can help me right now. Or it's just so natural because that's who you are. And so when you you do the you do the work and figure out what it is that gives me life and how I can best use that to serve others, it, it, it's just so freeing. And so when somebody comes to you, come up, comes up to you and says, Hey, do you want to coach this bat, this basketball team? Well, yeah, you probably would be good. Or maybe in your case, soccer, you want to coach a soccer team? Well, yeah, I could do that, but I don't really have time. Like that would be an opportunity and be fun, but no, I don't have time for that right now because X, Y, and Z, because this is the direction I'm going. Were you always saying yes to things before you, you developed this intentionality and you went through this unique thing or what was the journey of, Going through this course and then the ability to say no. Was it parallel? It was crazy, Seth. Um, so again, going back to where I was in my previous previous role, like I was so discontent in that role, even though, and felt so much guilt in that role, like I said, because it's like, it seemed like somebody else deserved to get to do this and it was a waste and I was just feeling wasted. And I was about to quit my job. I was on the verge of quitting my job because I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I could not feel like I was wasting because it wasn't intentional. I didn't have that language yet, but I didn't realize that I wasn't being intentional. And so uh, I went and talked to uh, the CEO of our organization actually and said, hey, I think that I'm going to leave here for X, Y, and Z reasons. I just want to know, just in case you see some value for me somewhere else, I just want to say this before maybe I leave. And long story short, uh, he worked with me and saw in me and gave me an opportunity to do something different. And now I'm in a, I'm in a radically different place and I am living, I'm living my best days. Every day is essentially the best day of my life these days because I'm living within my life call and I'm and in doing that. I get so much life from encouraging people. I love it. It brings me so much joy. And the more and more influence I have, the more and more my encouragement and, and the opportunities I have to give other people life and to champion others. So it's just like every day is better than the other one because I'm, I'm living into my life call. So let me ask you this. Is this a technical passion or is this just an internal when you're saying I'm living my best life and I'm being intentional with everything I can do because I think about your example was uh of your your friend and colleague Gary was very technical and he loved what he did um I think about me because one of the things I struggle with is that I feel like I'm a jack of all trades master of none and I'm looking for that technical thing that is a passionate that I'm passionate about and, and trying to figure out how, you know, because intentional living, I hear that and you want to be intentional with everything you do and you're living your best life. 
so I'm just trying to, and I don't know if this is probably not making any sense. Well, I'll first say that Gary is not technical. <laughs> Gary is an artist, ah. but Gary, uh, he has a passion for art. He has a passion for storytelling. And so he learns enough technical to, to allow him to do that. But I'll just say that it, I don't think it relies on about technicalness. It's like you want to find the place that you can use your gifts the most. And I feel like you do that well already. I, I hope you're not feeling any sort of like you're out of place. Cause I think that you do an incredible job at our organization serving so well. So often you serve way behind the scenes and you do so much that you never get credit for. And you don't need to, you've said that one of your, your core values or your, or your creed is, uh, it doesn't matter who gets the credit. And that is a wonderful thing. And that comes out of the, uh, the goodness of your heart. So I would just, I would, I, I don't know. I, does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. It does. Because what we're getting to get back to our conversation is, is how do you say no to things? And you say no, you learn how to say no to things when you know that it's not you, it's not who you are to your core being. It's you, you know, that you've allotted your, your life, your, uh, your schedule, around who you are and and what you have the responsibilities that you have so you have responsibility to your wife your children your work and within those come the responsibility of paying bills so your schedule and the things that you're saying yes to are around those things and within those things you're being intentional within your relationship with your wife it's intentionality uh the relationship with your kids you want to journey with them and i want to encourage them towards intentionality i can be intentional all day but it's it's more about encouraging others to do it yeah so it's you, outward yeah i love that i love that so you you have I, I probably didn't make sense i'm not sure if i did but you 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 helped me out with that you know one thing i've noticed too just in wrapping up if you know those those blog posts that you see, uh, five things every billionaire does, or the these three emotional intelligence that all billionaires have. You know, I'll, I'll click on those every once in a while because, like, man, they don't come, they don't become billionaires for no reason. And one, like, one of their top two things is always it's the ability for them to say no because when you're way up there, you got people coming to you every day with seemingly the next thing, you know, the next internet or the next whatever electricity, whatever the most brilliant thing is, and so they they. they credit themselves. Bill Gates was one that I saw. I think Jeff Bezos, they, their, their strength is knowing what to say no to. Because they've got all the resources they need to, Mm -hmm. to say yes. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really, that's really interesting. So this is really helpful. Uh, I hope it was an encouragement to you. I hope our conversation made sense. And uh, we would just encourage you to say no to more things, especially until you figure out what it is uh, your core passions are. Just start saying no. So thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Have a great day.